Good morning, church. I'm Kathy Gomber, a deacon currently serving here at NPPC. And I'm Don Gomber, an elder currently serving here at NPPC. And it's our privilege to speak to you on this Caring Ministries Appreciation Sunday. I hope you are all doing well. I don't know about you, but I have really been missing our church family these past two months. They say that strong families have great traditions, and our church family is no exception to this rule. Each year, I look forward to our church's quirky little traditions in the months of May and June. I love the students preaching on Student Sunday. Each year, I marvel when kids I have known, some of them since preschool, get up and preach with such poise and wisdom. Then there's the pancake breakfast on Memorial Day, when seemingly all of New Providence is out on our front lawn. Students are running around with their mission trip donation jars and questionable hat choices, while I jockey for position to try to get the chocolate chip pancakes instead of the plain ones. This goes right into June when our parking lot morphs into a 50s diner complete with Elvis Presley sightings. And then there is the tradition we celebrate today, Deacon Sunday. I know that it's not quite the same without our post-service, all-you-can-eat potluck brunch, but I appreciate the church's attempt to keep this tradition of passing the mic to the deacons alive, and I'm honored to be speaking to you this morning. As I reflect on my time as a deacon, I am reminded of an event from my life that took place around 15 years ago this past summer. I was living in New Providence with my husband and three kids and was a member of another large local church. Life was buzzing along uneventfully when suddenly out of nowhere, Don came down with a random virus that landed him in the hospital. Now, I know what you're thinking and no, this was not the coronavirus, but yes, Don was, is now perpetuating the theory that perhaps he was ahead of the curve and built up his antibodies way back in 2005. The virus had a creepy similarity though to COVID in that one day you were fine and the next day you were very much not fine. So I found myself at Overlook Hospital wondering exactly what I was going to do next when my friend appeared. Now, let me preface the story by saying that friends can generally be divided into two categories. You have the sort of more emotional type friends um, that kind of ooze with empathy and sympathy. And then there are the practical, pragmatic, list-making type of friends. So the friend that arrived was in that second group. Um, she arrived sort of to-do list in hand, ready to project manage the situation. So she covered all the bases with me, you know, rides for the kids, meals. Then she turned to me and said, do you want me to call your church? I was sort of confused. What do you mean? What, who would you call up my church? What would you even say? That just seems weird. It was, then it was her turn to be confused. Oh, um, you don't have a deacon? Um, you're not a member of a flock? I, at our church, we sort of have a, sort of a system in place. When you join, you're a member of a flock and you have a deacon, and that deacon is someone that you can call on either to pray for you if you run into emergency or if you just need anything. But let's not get sidetracked. Come on, what else do you need, Kathy? Let's stick to the plan. But I was sort of sidetracked. I was sort of, um, you know, uh, sidetracked by my lack of deacon, um, and that always really stuck with me. Here it is several years later that my family and I are now members of MPPC. I remember how nice it was to have a deacon point of contact when we first joined. They made my family feel welcome and seen and really connected to the church. 
Over the years, my family has been cared for by many wonderful deacons. Their kindness has always made me feel seen, welcomed, and a valued member of this church. When approached to become a deacon myself, I was happy to pay this feeling of connection forward to my own flock of church members. Life is full of up and downs, and if there's one thing we have learned from these past few weeks, it's that we have a lot less control than we think we have. It's like we have all been clutching the steering wheel, hands white knuckled at 10 o'clock and two o'clock, only to realize that the steering wheel isn't actually attached to the car. It's not, just like Elvis, certainly, certainty has also left the building. The other thing that I think we've realized is that we have always valued in, um, independence, sort of to a fault. We've maybe undervalued interdependence. We need each other way more than we originally thought. All of this underscores how important our deacon network is. I am so grateful that our church provides this tangible way that we can connect and serve one another. Whether it's praying for members of our flocks, getting together for a post-service brunch, or providing meals in a pinch, this network is our church at its best. It helps us put into action one of my favorite verses from 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let's not, let us not serve each other with words or speech, but with action and in truth. When I reflect on my time as a deacon, I honestly feel a little guilty because I think I have gotten more out of the experience than I have put in it. What I really like is that it has enabled me to get to, to, get to know so many people that I otherwise would not have known. One thing I have realized about myself over the years is that I have a tendency to get to know people well that are in sort of my own silo. If our kids' ages match up, if their activities overlap, then there is a decent chance that I know you. However, I often can and do miss people whose orbits don't cross mine. Being a deacon has really helped this with me a lot. I have met people who are at different stages of life than me. I am fortunate to have an amazing deacon group composed of church members who are at a variety of stages in life. I have learned so much from this group's collective wisdom. Similarly, I have connected with others who are younger than me. I have members in my flock who are in high school that I also know from my SALT group. I guess this is where um, I'm supposed to tell you all the wisdom that I've passed on to them, but I have to say more often than not, it is the other way around. In addition to their insights in life, I have also, they've also taught me a lot about a variety of things, such as uh, the wonders of TikTok, the awesomeness of the store Bed Bath and, Bo or Bath and Body Works, and the fact that the Bagel Cafe in New Providence has this whole back room where you can eat. I never knew that. But seriously, intergenerational relationships are another sign of strong families and something that the Deacon Network really enhances. Today, intergenerational conflict is at an all-time high, sort of encapsulated in the phrase, okay, boomer. But as the body of Christ, we all learn so much from one another. The older generation has, a perspective, has their um, perspective of wisdom, the younger generation has energy and enthusiasm, and the ability to insert humor and even hijinks when the situation warrants. If you're extremely lucky in a family, you have that random aunt or uncle that has both, the wisdom and the hijinks. Our family is no exception, and there are many characters in our church that come to mind here. We find ourselves in very trying times. Maybe up until now, you haven't really even been aware of the Deacon Network. You haven't had to tap into it, maybe because life has been progressing along at a manageable clip, and or you have a strong personal or um, network of family and friends that can pivot to meet life's demands. 
However, these networks tend to buckle when there is a crisis that affects everyone at once. Maybe you have younger children and you, you know, used to have grandma watch the kids, um, but that maybe that option's not any, you know, no longer avail available to you. Um, maybe up until now, the financial part of your life was under control, but now this security that you took for granted is in serious jeopardy. There are many stressors right now, including the fact that the answer to almost every question is, I don't know. Will school open in the fall? I don't know. What's the status with travel? I don't know. What about that job I was supposed to get? I don't know. This alone can cause an enormous amount of stress. But please hear this. The church stands with you during these times of uncertainty and stress. In fact, it really is for times such as these that our church in general and the deacon system in particular is uniquely equipped to help. In part, the deacon network is like that generator you bought at Home Depot after Sandy. Maybe you never had to use it, but, there's that, but it's there in the event of that next big storm. Well, nothing says storm like worldwide pandemic. We are here for you. That's what families do. Sure, families have the fun traditions, the potlucks, the Elvis sightings, the pancake breakfast, but we also have unconditional support when times are tough and the chips are down. Please tap into this support if you need to. We're family, and that's what families do. And as an elder, I get to see all the behind-the-scenes efforts that go into making this church function. And it was around the time that I was ordained as an elder that Pastor Jeff joked and said that, you know, I would now get to take a peek behind the curtain and see how the sausage is really made. And he was right. You know, a tremendous amount of work goes into all the various ministries that we offer here at this church. And it may come to many of you as a surprise, but there are other churches out there in our area that appear to be really healthy. And they may even be growing in attendance. But when you look beneath the surface, something's missing at that church. They put all their effort into the Sunday morning experience. And they put very, very little into the other ministries that could or should be operating during the rest of the week. And that leads to a really passive congregation. When some person goes through a hardship, when they really need some help, that church really isn't there to offer any sort of tangible assistance. And that's what makes NPPC different. We are a seven-day-a-week church, even during a global pandemic. And I am just blown away by the commitment of our Caring Ministries team to furthering the good news of Jesus Christ. Caring Ministries is a group of about 42 ordained deacons actively serving and ready to offer help and support to the members of their flock in a tangible way. And that help can come in the form of grief support, providing meals, shopping services, and most importantly, intercessory prayer. Caring Ministries is one of the crown jewels of NPPC. And as this is Caring Ministries Appreciation Sunday, it is my privilege to recognize and say, say thank you to all our deacons, past and currently serving, for all their hard work providing Christ through care to the congregation and the greater community. Our deacons joyfully and humbly model Christ each and every day. The need for a robust Caring Ministries program has probably never been greater because we are currently up against some big, big challenges. The coronavirus pandemic has been a stomach punch to us all. 
And I bet that in this church's 280-year history, the congregation has never gone through such an extended period without being able to gather. The economy has been impacted with businesses shut down and jobs lost. And all this displacement has affected our giving. Our finance team is working hard to get a gauge on the impact, but we need another month or two to really have a feel for what the future trends in giving may be. And Kathy spoke recently about the traditions that we have this time of year. And one of those traditions is the annual congregational meeting, which usually takes place in early June. We have to postpone it to sometime later in the summer in the hopes that by then we'll be able to physically gather in some way and to give session additional time to put together a budget that we can present at the congregational meeting. Adding to all this is the fact that we are a church in transition. Pastor Jeff has announced that he is resigning and his position as our senior pastor, he will be stepping down in late summer 2021. And if that isn't enough, Jeff explained to us last week that the pandemic is going to lead to seismic change in how churches effectively operate in the future. We'll be going digital, steering missions hyper-local, embracing the internet, giving online. We need to identify and adapt to all this disruption if we're going to thrive. Despite all this upheaval, there are, is some good news that can give comfort. We're learning how to live with this virus. There's a team of elders and staff in place um, investigating various options that will uh, allow us to comply with government guidelines for gathering. We're looking into starting with some small outdoor worship services that will complement the current Sunday online worship experience. And as the guidelines allow for us to open up further, we will gradually adapt and respond accordingly. With regard to the senior pastor position, a pastor nominating committee has been formed and we have received some good guidance from ECHO and we hope to have a formal search underway sometime in September. In order to develop a job description for the senior pastor, the pastor nominating committee continues to seek input from the congregation. An online survey went out recently, but we understand that many, many of our members aren't tech savvy. Our deacons are available to hear your thoughts and ideas and report back to the pastor nominating committee with your valuable input. Now, due to all this uncertainty, many of you may be struggling. Shelter in place can lead to strained relationships with loved ones. There's fear about the future, worry about our aging loved ones, concern about our kids. Will school be going online again? Are they falling behind? And what is a post-coronavirus world going to look like? All this can lead to feelings of anxiety, isolation, and depression. And maybe you have these feelings. Maybe you're feeling like you need some help. And if you do, I would encourage you, don't let pride get in the way. Reach out to your deacon. Maybe you just need to talk, and your deacon is there to listen. Your deacon is there to help you find Christ in the struggle. Your deacon is there to bring you comfort and encouragement as you go through tough times. So on this Caring Ministries Sunday, I'd encourage you to thank your deacon and see if there's anything you can do for him or her. Maybe there's something you can do to help your flock or help the church. While the deacons are formally commissioned to give care to the congregation, it really is a responsibility for all of us to pitch in and build each other up as we go through these times. Change can be scary, but it can lead to opportunities. NPPC has a bright future 
where new traditions will be made. Let's be open to move where the Holy Spirit guides us. Let's do it. Let me close by reading a passage from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, where Paul says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. So sometimes when Jeff closes out his message, he gives us homework. Sometimes it's something to read, something to do, or something just to think about. So I'm going to suggest something, but if the idea of homework is stressful, let's just think of it as extra credit and not mandatory. With all of this extra time on my hands, I have had the opportunity to listen to some interesting TED Talks. And there is one that I find very timely given the backdrop of everything that's happening in our world. So the talk is called The Village Effect, and it's about the various components that help you live a long and healthy life. Of course, there is the usual diet, exercise, but those weren't at the top of the list. Surprisingly, the top two components were one, close relationships. So those are like sort of immediate family people you would call in the middle of the night to take you to the hospital, for example. But, at the, um, but the other item was something called social integration. This is described as being part of a bigger network, one where you have a common bond, a lot of weak ties and some stronger ties, many of them intergenerational. These networks sustain us through life's waves and have a profound effect, not just on our mental health, but on our physical health as well. When the speaker, Susan Pinker, described what social integration was and what it looked like, I couldn't help thinking of how much it sounded, not just like church, but like our church. Take care, everyone. We hope to see you soon, and not just over a screen, but as the kids say, IRL, in real life. Thanks.